Welcome to VCR, a vintage cinema rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. I'm Blake. And I'm Jason. And uh, Blake, I have a question for you. How fast can you run? As fast as a leopard. How fast are you going to run? As fast as a leopard. Then let's see you do it. Covering the 1981 movie Gallipoli. A classic of the World War I film subgenre, I would say. And... I'm glad we did this one because I haven't watched a lot of World War One movies. Yeah, you know what? They don't come up too often. Like, there's a few big ones here and there, like 1917 and um, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yes. And uh, this fits right in there with those. And yeah. So it was nice to see a um, 80s take on, like, yeah, like what what did people perceive of that? Um, the war in that time a lot of my frame of reference with war movies actually is the vietnam war which is Mm -hmm. you know a very controversial war very unpopular war at that point in time you know like even as the war was going on people i think had a thorough understanding of the reality of war whereas this film it depicts i guess the public opinion of war and soldiers very differently than you know, a lot of those subsequent movies that that follow the Vietnam War. So I think it's it's really, it's almost jarring in a sense, comparing to like my previous experiences with war movies. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. It's a great time for us to be watching this, obviously. That's why we're doing this episode, the war movie, because it is uh, Remembrance Day about now. Honestly, this is, I would say, a pretty quintessential remembrance day type of movie yeah you know very much so is it humanizes the soldiers there very effectively you know a lot of war movies focus on the men who fought during war as as just pure soldiers there's not a lot of like look at their backstories or maybe it's it's kind of told from one character to another but this one really spends a lot of time building the backstories of the characters and their motivations for going to war it's also nice to see a different viewpoint than i've ever seen in a war movie and it's uh we're following two western australians in uh, australia's first yeah they just became a a part of the commonwealth and so this is a huge movie for australians as well right yeah exactly and i actually think that's really cool too because you know, most of our war movies are either from the perspective of America mm. or they're from, like, the perspective of the British fighting in different yeah. world wars. And so to have a World War One film that's almost entirely through the perspective of the Australian and New Zealand Marine Corps or Army Corps yeah. is, is really interesting. It's a, something that's really fresh in that sense. And, you know, even if you and I aren't Australian, it kind of, you feel connected to them not being from a country that's not America or the British. Yeah, it made me feel like a false sense of national pride, or like a national pride for Australians. Like, I felt like a connection there because as Canadians, too, we have our own little, like, we have our own side of World War One and, like, our story, but we don't, like, theirs is very similar in a certain sense. Yeah, and and it's unfortunate that there's not more war movies made about Canadian soldiers because, you know, this movie shows that, 
you can do tell an effective and engaging story that hasn't been told in the same sense, right? As as a yeah. typical war movie that we're used to seeing out of Hollywood or out of British film. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's get into the plot of this one. Yeah. So uh, as I said, Gallipoli is a 1981 classic war movie directed by Peter Weir. And it's starring Mel Gibson in his second movie after Mad Max. This basically like solidified him as a serious actor. Mm-hmm. It's like a buddy buddy movie uh, from beginning to end, really, and um, it depicts the the loss of innocence of the two pre- protagonists, but also like Australia itself, and it really shows the human side of that loss of innocence in war. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's really interesting because a lot of the focus of of the majority of this movie is on these group of friends and a group of young men who are going to war and they all have different reasons for going to war. None of them are being forced to go either. Like mm-hmm. it's not like they're all being conscripted to be there and they none of them even like really show a sense of fear. Even as we get to leading up to those the final scenes of the film where we really get dirty in, in the trenches. Yeah, and um, this connects so much to All Quiet on the Western Front in like very similar themes, but we see like we really get to know our characters and their innocence ahead like for a long time throughout this movie. And yeah. um it's uh like it's easy to see how infectious the recruiters can be or like the whole national vibe going into a war that they hadn't experienced before. And like seeing that um, through the eyes of the two main protagonists, but also uh, like the group of friends surrounding them. Well, and each, each of their motivations feels believable, right? Yeah. Like even though, it's kind of strange. It's almost surreal watching this movie now after all of the world wars that have happened, all of the wars on terrorism, everything that's happened, you know, in the last hundred years since this movie like is based on. And on that basis, I think a lot of people are going to connect to the Mel Gibson character who mm-hmm. has a weariness for the idea of war. But realistically throughout I think most of human history, I think a lot of the other reasons why the other men go to war are actually pretty true to the reasons why people do go to war as individuals. Yeah. 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 People sign up to save their country and like they, they get really um, patriotic and a little bit blinded by it. Or they just, you know, want to travel the world or they just, you know, think that women are gonna really love the idea of a man in a uh, suit yeah it's in uniform and it's like all these young men have everything all mixed up those are like horrible reasons but yeah <laughs> they're infectious reasons and they yeah, all get definitely. excited and everyone pumps them all up yeah, yeah, that's the other thing that's really interesting when we get into the spoiler discussion is how even the people who aren't going to war have this deep sense of patriotism and and this deep sense of, like, mythicism almost mm-hmm. to, like, the people heading off to war. 
Yeah. There's a romanticism to it. Yeah, exactly. There's so much romanticism and people get caught up in it. But there are a few key points in this movie that like where there are people who balance that out a little bit. And that's nice to see as well. This is so realistic, I think. And this is why I wanted to do Gallipoli, because I'd heard just the amount of realism is uh, like in the concepts and the ways of thinking we're just nailed home and that's where like peter weir is an amazing director for putting this all together yeah i think this is a good spot probably to segue into the characters and people you may know we've already talked a little bit about P- peter weir the director and mel gibson the star but we can go into a little bit more details now mel gibson's playing frank he's the more weary member of of this group of men going off to war it's wary Weary is tired. Weary is... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Of course, of course I did that wrong. Yeah, I was going to mention it the first time, but... But you got me this time. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, you know, he's very hesitant, and the reasons for that are kind of drawn out uh, as the movie goes on. I don't really necessarily even want to spoil that, but I think, like I said, in modern days, he's the character that I most see myself in Mm -hmm. just because of, you know, his his idea of what war is and his hesitancy to just joining the army. Yeah. This is where a modern audience would really connect with this older movie and this older character. And it's like young Mel Gibson. And he just nails that wariness and uh, weariness as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so he's offset by the character of Archie, who's played by Mark Lee. He's kind of like, the pretty boy like all american athlete all australian athlete he is you know and uh could have been like one of the great runners could probably like an olympic level runner at this point but really he's just spends his time fantasizing about going on this big adventure to war or using war as a means to going on a grand adventure yes uh, because both him and Frank Dunn, like Mel Gibson's character, are sprinters. Uh, but uh, Mark Lee or Archie is really like that's his dream. But he's always looking up to uh, this one sprinter, I guess, and um, mm-hmm. who he idolizes. And that guy traveled like crazy, so he's like, well, I want to see the world like that. But if- it's it's a little bit idolizing his hero, that runner, but it's also a little bit idolizing his uncle Jack, right? Who's his trainer, yeah. Yeah, and who also traveled the world and has all these crazy stories of his travels. Yeah, and this opportunity just seems to fall in Archie's lap, and he's like, I'm going for it. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. That Those are really like the two main characters, and then like I said, Jack, Uncle Jack is very important to the opening act of the film then we have the other group of friends that frank has billy barney and snowy and there's kind of you know how how their relationship develops over the course of their time in war i think really those are the main characters of the film and the heart of the film i don't really have a lot to discuss in terms of you know who modern audiences are going to know from from this film necessarily. It's an all Australian cast from the eighties. And really Mm -hmm. Mel Gibson is the main actor here to being prominent, especially in, in the more modern movie world. Yeah. The only two names that I know are Mel Gibson and Peter Weir. And uh, 
Peter Weir directed um like quite a few like he has a oh he has a great yeah. set list of uh movies that he's nailed. Including one that may or may not land on my best of list this year, because I, I watched Master and Commander, the far side of the world for the first time this year. Oh no way, yeah. I haven't seen Master and Commander for so long. It is sick. It is a yeah. great movie. He's done some other really famous movies as well, like The Truman Show, which is one we haven't done on this podcast yet, but yeah. it's one I'm, I'm kind of itching to rewatch. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah, and Dead Poets Society, everybody knows yep. that one. The Way Back is his most recent one. That's the last one he did before he retired, and I haven't seen that one either, but it's got a pretty all-star cast. I'm curious if I know that one. I didn't actually check. It's another war Colin movie, Farrell, I think. Ed Harris. Oh, no, it's a survival film. Looks good, but yeah, I haven't seen it. You know, there's a lot of components to this movie that really work in its favor. And I think, you know, this is moving into the who is this movie for and does it hold up for a modern rewatch? I want to hear your perspective of whether or not or who this movie is for in a, in a second here. But I will what I will say about is this movie, does this movie hold up is the cinematography of this movie is absolutely beautiful. Like I was kind of surprised and amazed that you know, for a relatively low-budget Australian film, which it was a high budget for Australian filmography, yeah. but it looked fantastic. The set pieces and the set design is really incredible here. Nothing takes you out of the movie as, in, like, in that area. The only thing that might is the score a little bit. Really? I thought the score was pretty good, actually. It didn't really take me out, I guess. it's uh, mm -hmm. There's a few pieces that... Like one, they have the '80s like synth in a yes. part that is like doesn't seem to fit, but it, it's not too bad. I didn't hate that. But the, the other controversial part is, I have to find it in my notes. But there's a like classical song that has been used. Uh, like Australians would be like, "Oh, they use that," you know right? I mean? And well, and that's that's kind of the thing with the score is it kind of feels the undertones of a lot of the music feels Australian, which is really cool. Yeah, but the filmography, absolutely perfect. And the set, I loved it. So I'm going to pose the question to you. Who is this movie for? And what convinced you to pick this movie as our war movie this year? Yeah, this movie is like for Australians for one, but um, <laughs> if you watch a war movie or two every year around this time, you're probably looking for something new or like, Especially if you've already run through like Band of Brothers a few times or um, mm. uh, like you've watched Saving Private Ryan. It's it's a classic war movie and it gives you like an extra perspective that you might not get. So anybody who's into history and war movies, it's a definite shoe in. Like there's no like it's very similar to like all the other high level war movies. What I'll say actually even in contrast to that is like. I actually, I thought of this movie as less of a big war epic, like Apocalypse Now or Saving Private Ryan. I, I thought that it was kind of a bit quieter, a little bit more thought-provoking than mm, yeah, those yeah. movies that time. I think the closest I could get, I think All Quiet on the Western Front is a great example. It's even somewhat similar to like Full Metal Jacket um, in, yeah. in the arc of the story. But again, it's a lot more quieter than Full Metal Jacket less bombastic and and it really makes you think about a lot of things yeah i guess that's more if you've watched you've already watched all like the big war movies this is like a refreshing take 
Uh, like it's it's a different style of war movie where it's not about the war it's about like the effects and not the like cgi effects and everything like all the war part it's like how how does it change like a a country a people like individuals themselves you know what actually now that we're talking about this and i'm thinking about this a little bit this is kind of the world war one version of platoon oh yeah which I don't think you did with us last year, but it, it, you know, it's a very much an anti-war movie. It is, yeah. While also respecting the soldiers who fought during the war. Yeah, that's a really good point. It, it is an anti-war movie, for sure. Um, yeah. So I guess that fits into its own subgenre. Like overall, there's a lot of war movies that are anti-war in general, but uh, a lot of them also romanticize too much and perpetuate that like propaganda type thing that happens in the beginning of this movie. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of more war movies can be, you know, like way more towards the action yeah. heroism kind of thing, whereas this is just like this is the reasons why people may go to war and and the ideals that people have, but you know, this is the bleak reality of what war really yeah. is. Yeah. And I think that's it's mirrored so well in so many movies, but this one is like the epitome of that specific area of watching a war movie or anti-war movie. Yeah. So so why did you want to check this one out? This was heavily recommended to me by two drunk old men who were just <laughs> in like the depths of their um like middle age like war fanaticism moment in their lives. So these guys had been through everything. They were talking about all their favorite war planes and uh, their favorite battles and everything. And they just kept getting more and more drunk. And then they're like, Gallipoli. And I was like, oh, I have to watch this. Like, it's so highly recommended by uh, people who can discuss back to front, like everything about each war. Um, So that's, that's what really drew me in. I didn't even know Mel Gibson was in it. I didn't know anything about it up until the point that I watched it other than like their glowing recommendation of like they they watched it when it came out too. Mm-hmm. So I was hearing this firsthand from people who watch it when they came out or when the movie came out, they watched it in theaters and it still holds up according to them, especially within the war movie genre. Uh, what's really interesting, you did mention Mel Gibson's career as well here, is that this is like a literal minute before he becomes the mega superstar of yeah. the 80s. Like, this movie comes out mere months before Mad Max 2 comes out and just completely, like, puts him on the map. Yeah. This is, like, almost his last Australian... Like, like he was Australian, and then he was um, an American, like, actor <laughs> after that. Like, right. kind of. Like, he's always Australian. Like a Hollywood actor. Yeah, yeah, he, like... Yeah, this is still in like the beginning and then he changed. Yeah. Pretty it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and the other actually low key point that I'd recommend this to is people who like watching movies that are period pieces and that are also very effective at showing the period in which they take place because this movie well, you know, it does take some liberties with some of the areas about the war itself, but it's very accurately depicting what Australia was like to live yes. in in the 1910s. And that's a large part of this movie that, you know, I can't 
undersell because that's the whole first stock of this movie. The first third of this movie takes place thousands of miles away from any battle. Yeah, and it's in the Australian outback, and like we get to know what it's like living there. This is like every Australian watches this movie in like their early history lessons. This is the movie for Australians in uh, like when it comes to war, at least and history. It's a huge part of their history, and they're very proud of how they reacted in this to Gallipoli. Yeah, Gallipoli. yeah, for sure. And and you know like that that actually is a good point as well that like this is one of australia's biggest moments on the world stage and it, again it, it really did put australia on the map and and you know even though a little it bit gave of them an here, identity yeah yeah exactly so what are your thoughts do you think this movie holds up i, I don't know if i i fully got your your thought on that i say it holds up if you're into film yeah. It doesn't hold I, I, up to modern audiences necessarily. I think the pacing is going to be a little jarring for modern yeah. audiences. And and I think you put it really well when you said that this is not the first war movie that you show somebody, but this is like, as you get deeper into the genre, this is a, a, worth, yeah. a worthwhile movie to check out. Yeah, like this isn't for the 18-year-old or something who's just getting it, like really delving deep into all the... Uh, different world wars and things like that this is closer to like like this is after you've had time to reflect on what you think about war and this kind of really nails it home and portrays it well yeah agreed so a mature war fanatic (laughs) (laughs) it would be really cool to pick jamie's mind on this yeah yeah i think so too we we have a friend who's in the army, so we, I, I think maybe one of us will have to watch it with him at some point. Captain Hoagie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think this is also a great thing to watch with your uh, elder people in your life, father, yeah, grandfather, anybody like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe see if Uncle Jack wants to watch a movie with you. <laughs> Nice. That's that's actually a really good stepping stone into when to watch. And, you know, it's when to watch is with them, especially close to Remembrance Day. Because like I said, like this movie to me feels a lot more respectful towards Remembrance Day than a lot of other war movies do. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it's not necessarily critis- directly criticizing the soldiers of war. No, and it's kind of a like relevant topic to discuss any day but to like in these days especially because the only thing it's really questioning or um criticizing is the people who are like waging war and not yeah not actually being there like it's the people who are organizing it setting it up like i'm saying it wrong but the people in charge that don't yeah that don't do it right (laughs) i don't know (laughs) A what a way grand to way to describe that. But no, like, uh, again, I'm going to con- contrast this to Vietnam War movies because that's more, I, f- I feel like, more my specialty of, of movies if, if I'm going to pick any war-related type of movie. Yeah. And those movies are often not only, like, critical of the war itself or the people at the top, but it also is very critical of what war does to an individual, right? And and the transformation and, and what the deepest darkest 
caverns of humanity is capable of. Whereas mm-hmm. this never really has to dive into that. Like, you know, at, at its lowest, it's it's showing men who have died or watched other people died and remembering their sacrifice and remembering the person that they were kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So where to watch? I rented this on YouTube and it was really great quality. Like I said, I honestly, I would recommend it on there. I I didn't check it out on any other site, obviously, but this was one where the audio was mixed very well. Like I said, it was HD and it really felt like it was filmed on a camera made today. Like I was genuinely impressed by the cinematography of this one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, my my version wasn't the best, but it was pretty good. Mm. Fair so, enough. And it's not streaming anywhere else at the moment? No, it's not. You can rent it on any site that is available for renting movies, like Prime is usually my go-to, but it's one that you're going to have to rent. But Yeah, go find it at your local theater, uh, not theater, library maybe. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. You probably could find it there because of the nature of the film itself. Yeah. And I think that just about does it for the spoiler-free episode, our primer episode here. So come back next week after you've watched the movie and we'll do a full deep dive of it. Yeah, looking forward to it. We get into some fun shit. Yeah, some good quotes too. Yeah, yeah.